Hi, I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. In today's episode, we're discussing loneliness and being alone. Now, being on your own is a different thing to being lonely and being alone, but being on your own is okay. I don't mind it. And my wife doesn't understand why. For instance, she's currently away. She's gone to visit her family. She's not been here for a couple of weeks and I'm coping perfectly fine. I'm not missing any kind of social interaction with others. I'm not missing any specific touchy-feely kind of interaction. I'm not missing anything, really. It's not that I'm saying the relationship with my wife is broken. Everything's working just fine. It's just that I don't crave human attention. Lockdown was a massive, massive deal for a lot of people. And I know that people's lockdown experience is very different to mine. With my lockdown, I learned a lot about myself. I learned, for example, that I am actually an introvert and I don't necessarily crave the attention and excitement of having people around me, but I do have to behave in that specific way sometimes when I'm at work and when I'm out with people because otherwise you just end up becoming quite, I don't know, introspective. I do enjoy being with my thoughts. It seems to be a strange thing that people can't understand. I'm more than happy being on my own. I'm more than happy sitting in a room with my own thoughts, keeping myself busy. I mean, obviously I'm recording this podcast, so I've got podcasts to do. Uh, I'm a musician as well. Uh, just behind me is a, is a guitar. I'm not sure if it'll pick it up. I've got a guitar in the room. I play a lot of music. I'm in a little band and things like that. And these are all things that give me sort of focus. I enjoy reading books. I quite enjoy just being alone. And as I said, with lockdown, I learned a lot about myself. I mean, the biggest thing I learned about myself in lockdown was the fact that I'm a slave to the clock. And once I was able to come to terms with that and realise that the clock didn't own me, a lot of my anxiety disappeared. But I don't feel anxiety when I'm alone. I tend to feel anxiety when I'm about to go and join a group of people. And I think that's what makes things a little bit interesting sometimes, because I wouldn't necessarily say that I am unhappy in company and that I'm unhappy alone. I'm neither. I'm relatively happy in company and relatively happy when I'm alone. I just don't understand why it is perceived specifically in my experience, but it does seem to me that people, particularly my wife, possibly other women, can't understand why you enjoy being alone. Now, my sister, she's fine to be on her own. She quite enjoys it. She likes being able to shut the world out and literally just sit there with her own thoughts and enjoy the peace and quiet. It makes me wonder whether that came as a result of the fact that she, like I, grew up in a house with three other teens because you know there was the four of us and we were all growing up together so it can be a lot of noise, there can be a lot of things going on so when you've got that final peace of mind, you shut the door to the world it can be quite relaxing. I don't think of it as a problem. My wife, however, thinks that she doesn't think there's anything defective with me because that's not fair but she does think it's a little strange that I enjoy being on my own and I enjoy this quiet time to myself. Now, interestingly, we had a debate not too long ago. I can't remember how it started, but essentially my wife asked the question, which when she first asked it, it sounded like a trap. But she said, what would I do if she and I were no longer together? What would I do with my life? She was asking directly the question whether or not I would go to a dating website or speed dating and things like that. And she was quite surprised when I said I wasn't interested. Now, initially... You know, for her own pride, she figured that I my answer was based on the fact that I couldn't possibly imagine spending my life with someone else. 
That is to a degree true, but the reality of it is, which I discussed with her at the time, because as I've said several times on this podcast, my wife and I, we don't have secrets from each other because there's no point. We discussed at the time and I, my answer to it was basically, I just couldn't be bothered with it all because I don't find my stories about me to be interesting. I'm telling them on this podcast because they're proving a point about specific man blues. You know, people think that men are lonely and men are alone and men, you know, feel the need to be this kind of lone soldier fighting the lonely battle and things. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. So when I said to her that I wasn't interested in going on dating sites and dating other people, she wanted to know why. And I basically just said, I don't think I'm interesting enough and I don't think I could be bothered to get to know somebody else. There were certain things that she said to me years ago, my wife said to me many, many years ago when we first started going out. She said, there are things that you can tolerate from your friends, but you can't tolerate from your life partner. And I understand that completely. And that's where I was sort of coming from when I said I couldn't be bothered to take somebody else on because I would have to get used to their little foibles. They'd have to get used to mine. When you get to a certain age in life, you just think, I cannot be bothered with this. There's a friend of mine, I've known him for a long time, and he, when he and his wife originally split up, he was um, going on dating websites, he was going out on dates, and he was enjoying himself on these dates. And then I think after about five or six months of dating various different people, because things don't work out always, but when he was dating these various different people, he had almost an epiphany and just realised that he's not bothered, he's not really interested. It's not about the companionship for him, because he doesn't need the companionship. It was just about, you know, maybe having someone to talk to, but then what you realise is, is that women and men are very different creatures. I mean, we don't need to have that explained because, you know, you're listening to a podcast about man blues, so you must understand that men go through things that women perhaps don't necessarily understand and that's what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to explain how it is to be a man in the modern world it is quite important that we state that and I'm not saying any kind of misogynistic thing where I'm basically saying you know men should be back at the pinnacle and all that other crap not on about that it's not about that it's just about how mental health is tricky for men because there are certain things that you have to live up to there are certain kind of traits that you must have as a man and people just don't seem to understand that being alone is okay But of course, there's a fine difference between being alone and being lonely. So I was looking at all these things and I was thinking, what can we talk about that's positive with regards to uh, loneliness? Because loneliness can be a bit of a killer. If you feel as though you're not able to reach out to people, you don't have a circle of friends, you don't have any of this, that you feel confident enough. I mean, one of the classics always used to be for me, I would not want to go into a pub on my own unless I was meeting somebody there. If I was not meeting anybody, like tonight, I've got no plans to go meet anybody. If I decided to put my shoes on and go to the pub, it would feel very strange to me because I'm walking into that environment all on my own to get myself a drink, sit down on my own. But it, I don't know, it just strikes fear into me, the fact that I would be doing that. So I'm much more comfortable at home. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm comfortable at home every single night. I would like to do stuff. I do like to get out. I do like to meet people. I do like to meet friends. That's where lockdown's been useful because a friend of mine, he hit upon the idea of actually having a Zoom call. And the idea behind the Zoom call was that we were just going to contact each other once every fortnight just to catch up. And this was a chap I was at university with. And as a result of him organising that with me, I then reached out to a few other people during lockdown and basically said, hey, this is a great idea. Let's go on Zoom and we will have chats. And it worked out really, really well because then I've been able to reconnect with people who I would ordinarily see once or twice a year because of going down to visit them. 
pre-lockdown, whereas now I'm, I'm in much better contact with a lot of people, which is great. It's brilliant for your mental health because you just sit in there, even if you sat in your own room with headphones on, staring into a webcam, at least you're reaching out to other people. So I thought what we tried to do on the podcast is we tried to have a positive corner and you know try to bring some positivity out to try and help people who are struggling with things like loneliness and, and feeling alone. And the best website I could find was the mentalhealth.org.uk. And I literally just typed in, we help with loneliness, I think I typed in. And the Mental Health Foundation website came up and there were 15 steps. And some of them have got some pretty decent sort of explanations attached to them. I'm not going to read them all out because some of them I don't necessarily subscribe to. But the other side of it is, is that if I read all 15 out, we're going to be here for a while. So I'm just going to pick a few of them and they're all very, very positive. So they started with the, um, you are connected to the world because right now you're sharing your experience of loneliness with people all around the world. Loneliness is a universal experience. It's a part of being human. You're in control. You can use the power within yourself to make positive changes to your life by relaxing, reflecting, or even doing a new hobby. You can embrace your creativity, something I've... I mean, I even started a stream, and the, the stream was going really well. I was enjoying it. It was all very well and good. And then uh, I got myself stuck in a rut. But I was doing lots of creative things on there. I, was, uh, I wasn't just gaming. I was actually doing music and writing songs and recording songs. And uh, that was quite good for me. I, I, do, I do enjoy embracing my creativity, hence the guitar and writing songs and so on. You are cared for, so look to support services, friends and family, you know, or your created family. I don't know what a created family is, I've not done enough research in that. But those people already out there, just reach out and let them in. You deserve quality relationships, so make building quality relationships a priority over a quantity of relationships. Take time to strengthen those relationships. Uh, your hobbies and interests are important. Um, it could be anything from finding a new TV show to learning a new sport. Remember that the things that feel a little scary can help us grow. And that's quite important. I, I wanted to leave that one in because I thought that was quite true, quite an important step. You can express your emotions in a healthy way by sitting with them, being present with your emotions, reflecting and accepting them, connecting to yourself, journals, doodles, voice memos. Just express yourself, whatever it is you're feeling, whatever it is that you know you feel might be, might be a thing. I remember years ago when my wife was on these tablets, uh, I forget what they were for sadly, but they, they caused her to have quite bad bouts of depression and the whole world was crushing in on her and when there's only me to lean on because she wasn't going to take it out on our son, not take it out, it's not fair, but she wasn't going to discuss things with our son, she was leaning on me a lot and I just felt the whole weight of the world on my shoulders and it was really difficult. I actually started writing letters to myself and I found that really quite helpful. I was writing letters to myself about how I felt about the situation I was in so that if at any point later in the week, later in the month, later in the year, I still felt the same thing, I was going to read those letters and see how I felt then and see if compare it with how I feel now just to see if there's any change. That was a really, really useful exercise because after about eight months of um, these tablets, she was taken off them and she just changed overnight. And I found a letter that I'd written to myself and I read it and it sounded, you know, deep, dark despair, which was not ideal. But because I'd written it down, I was able to express how I felt and that is massive. You are allowed to open up. Opening up about how you feel is not a weakness. Gentlemen, it really, really isn't. If we haven't stressed this enough on this podcast, there is nothing weak about showing you have emotions. It is courageous. Try sharing how you feel with someone you trust. Now, if you... I've said this before. If you don't have someone... No, let me try and word this correctly. If you want to express what you're feeling to somebody and you're worried about their reaction, they're not a person you can trust. This is The whole reason I started this podcast is because a good friend of mine, who I'm hoping to be able to interview for the pod, 
expressed his feelings and emotions with me about the death of his mother and subsequently the death of his father. And it's because he knew I wouldn't react the way he would expect a man to react that he was able to talk to me and trust me. You can find your community by joining a group based on your interests. Uh, in quotes, find your tribe. Uh, you can also find peace in a busy world if you're feeling disconnected. Try to get yourself into nature. You deserve to treat yourself. Um, show kindness to yourself with a little gift. You can be your own friend and you can be kind to yourself. I still have a problem with this. I still feel um, if I don't impulse buy, I don't buy. Simple as that. Uh, I've been putting off buying something for the best part of 10 years, 15 years. Still haven't bought it because I can't justify it to myself. And each time I think, oh, I'll have another look on and I get very close, very nearly click the buy now button and I don't because I'm just not being kind to myself. The final one that I want to read out, as I say, I've not, not brought all 15 forward, but the final one, I'll put, I'll put the link in the description for this podcast uh, so you can you can access those 15 tips. And if you want, if, you, if you're the sort of person that I am, you'd probably want to see which ones I've read out and compare it against the ones I didn't read out and see which ones I didn't choose to read. But the final one I want to mention is create a space between your feelings and social media. I can't stress enough how toxic social media is. I first joined Facebook with a view to keeping in touch with my family because we were quite disparate, spread all over the world. And it's even worse now because I've come off Facebook, so I barely talk to any of them. But when I did, I found Facebook just so toxic. It took up so much of my day just to go through the notifications and all the various bits and pieces that people have shared. And none of it was anything of worth any value. It was not worth my time. And I found myself getting to the end of the day and trying to go to bed and then thinking, oh, I've not been through Facebook. So I got to a point where I think it was 2019. I, I distanced myself from it, but left my account open. I think I went on about three or four times that year. The following year, I thought, no, I'm just going to disable my Facebook account. And I did. And I've never looked back. And then today, obviously it depends on when you're hearing this, but there was a thing in the news today. They were talking about how Facebook have released some messages between a mother and a daughter about how the mother has helped the daughter get an abortion, you name it. So it's all kicking off and people, the, the whole hashtag trending on Twitter about delete Facebook. And I can't agree with that more. I joined Twitter and I didn't understand how Twitter worked. And then somebody explained to me that Twitter is just, you know, streams of consciousness. So then I started following people I liked. But then what you find is there are people who actively follow people that they dislike. So, I mean, for instance, Gary Lineker is a great name to pull out of the air. Uh, if you don't know who Gary Lineker is, he's a, a footballer from the United Kingdom. He was very big in the 80s, very popular footballer, quite prolific. He's now a TV pundit on Match of the Day. And every time he tweets something that people disagree with, someone will always comment on the fact that one time Gary Lineker had bad diarrhoea and had an accident on the pitch, so to speak. And there was footage of him wiping his shorts clean because he'd had a, basically done a little duty in his, in his shorts. But every time he voices something that people disagree with, there's always someone says, oh, at least I didn't crap myself on a football field. They think, no, but he was on a football field. What did you achieve? But that's what people do. And that's that's the toxicity of social media. And I, I, I can't agree with that more. Distance yourself from it. Because in social media, it never, ever portrays your, that person's real life. How many times have you looked at an Instagram post and you thought, yeah, yeah, you're not making breakfast like that every day. Your kitchen doesn't look like that all the time. Your clothes aren't that nice all the time. Yet that's what people do. They always post pictures of their best selves. So I find it quite bad to look at that because it can be quite depressing. 
My wife has a similar issue. One of her friends will sort of send photographs through of her breakfast and what she's doing and where she's sitting, and you know, and it always looks like nice little Parisienne photographs of her sitting at a coffee table somewhere with a nice coffee on the go and a book lying on the table, and then a nice sort of blurred image in the background of traffic flowing by. And you just think, yeah, it would be nice to have that. And my wife lets it get to her a little bit, and we're sort of working on that together. So basically, in short, be kind to yourself and don't worry about being alone or being lonely. If you do feel lonely, try and follow some of those tips. There's nothing like getting out there in the community and speaking with other people. Just something that you want to do that's going to challenge yourself, maybe something you've always fancied doing, just get out there and do it. So, in short, look after you. I'm Leon Deggs, and I am looking after me. Thank you for listening. If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast, please reach out to someone for help and support. Man Blues is not qualified to help, but we can listen. You can get in touch with us here at Man Blues. The email address is manblues at gmx.com. And we're also available on Twitter, which is at manbluesuk. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.